Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from mothers who are artists and creators, sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mother and continue to make art. Regular topics include mum guilt, identity, the day-to-day juggle, mental health and how children manifest in their art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. You can find links to my guests and topics they discuss in the show notes, along with music played, a link to follow the podcast on Instagram and how to get in touch. All music used on the podcast is done so with permission. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Bowendick people as the traditional custodians of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to the relationship the traditional owners have with the land and water, as well as acknowledging past, present and emerging elders. My guest today is not your run-of-the-mill artist creative or the first thing that may spring to mind when you think of a creator. Typically your mind goes to painters, writers, dancers and the like. But today's guest has a long history of creating in another way and I invited her on to share one of the many ways that mothers are being creative today. My guest, Julie Denton from Mount Gambia, South Australia, has many years experience in the fitness industry as a business owner and more recently as a yoga teacher. Welcome Julie, it's great to have you here. Thank you Alison, it's great to be here. Yeah, and my first face-to-face interview too, which is very exciting. Obviously, I, I know you quite well and I've known you for a while, but would you like to share a bit about yourself, how, maybe how, what you've been up to over the years involved in fitness, maybe how you got into it, what you've been up to with your yoga, that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, when I was 18 and working in my first job, uh, one of my co-workers dragged me along to what was an aerobics class back then yeah. um, at the local um, well, it was just the squash centre, and um, I was hooked. I loved it. Um, and until that point in my life, I'd been quite lazy. I was the girl that wags sports day at school, um, but I just loved it. I loved the the music and the movement and the way it was all put together. And I guess I loved the creativity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'd literally been going for maybe a month to this aerobics class. Um, Went out, bought all the gear, all the gear, no idea. Um, you know, Did you and, have like oh yeah, the leotard? Oh yeah, these, oh yeah. <laughs> these are the days where you wore your leotard over your leggings and it had a G-string and the leg warmers and I had the hair that went with it. Everything was fluoro. Look, my kids look at the photos and go, oh mum, have you still got some of that stuff? Because that's cool. Have you? I have actually. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't smell very good anymore. <laughs> Don't know if like who would age that well. <laughs> it does <doesn't. laughs> uh, Anyway, um. The the woman who was taking the classes, a, a month in, the woman that was taking the classes was leaving town and she literally said to me, Julia, would you like to take over? And I said, you know, you didn't need qualifications in these days. And I said, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, and gee whiz, I, I was really thrown into it. Um, yeah. And I remember making my first little mixtape of aerobics on cassette. Oh, my cassette. Took my little boombox in, pressed play, and away we went. And it was dreadful. It was horrible. Everyone loved it. Uh, And I loved it. And, you know, there was nothing to compare it to. Um, In, you know, small country town at the squash centre, it was, you know, we were having a hoot. So um, from there, um, 
you know, I definitely went on to become qualified <laughs> and more experienced and um, eventually it led me into personal training. Um, I opened my own personal training studio as a business um, and then uh, around about three years ago now I left the fitness industry and um, opened my own yoga studio. I've been teaching yoga for about 11 or 12 years but thought it was time to morph into something new <laughs> and um, yoga is definitely my passion. So, Had you always had that sort of feeling of, oh, and I'm jumping right ahead here to something I'll probably ask you later, but the the spirituality that comes with yoga, was that always something you had or did that come later? Or how did you come yeah, to that, I suppose? Yeah, um, it's funny that you ask that because I, I was raised as a Catholic. I went to a Catholic primary school, so I guess that religious spirituality was there. And when, by the time I had, you know, I was well into my 40s when I did my yoga teacher training um, and had sort of left religion, if you like, by then. Mm. I sort of, I guess, become became a bit disillusioned with it all yeah. um, and was perhaps looking for mm. that spirituality again and that's what led me to yoga. And um, I know yoga facilitated a lot of change in my personal life at that stage that I really needed. I guess it was my next level of growth. Um, and in the yoga teacher training, even though yoga is definitely not a religion, there was so much, the, the spiritual concepts took me right back to being at a Catholic primary school, you know, that, you know, just the, the underlying current, I guess, of love mm. and um, compassion and kindness. So, yep. um, yeah, it, it was, it was, I guess, my next step um, in, in my spiritual growth and I think we're all we are I know we're all spiritual beings it's just that some of us perhaps don't um, realize it or don't um, want to acknowledge mm, it perhaps in a bit of denial and yeah not absolutely it doesn't you know perhaps because it. it's a misunderstood concept it's you know yeah. it, it is connected to some people connect it to religion um, but you can definitely be spiritual without mm, being religious so. absolutely mm. So tell me about your children, Julie, and your family. Yeah, um, have, have a husband, Andrew, have um, three adult children, Brittany, Tara and Liam, um, 29, 27 and 22. Uh, so I guess um, from the perspective of motherhood, I'm in the... I'm in the advanced stages of it. I guess I've got I've got the wonderful gift of hindsight. So when I sort of had a look at the content we'd be discussing today, I felt really blessed in that, you know, I've, I can see it from all angles, having, um, you know, the pre-kids pre life and then the during kids and now almost the post-kids mm. in some ways. Um, yep. you've, you've lived it all. I have, yeah. So, mm, so how, do kids, how do kids fit in with that? Obviously, um, the fitness industry, mm. you're quite mobile and you're mm. moving a lot. How yeah, did, how did yeah. that all fit in in pregnancy-wise? Well, oh, gee whiz. Well, with Brittany, my oldest, I was, well, I was sick with all three of them for over half of the pregnancy, yeah. um, particularly with my first with Brit. So um, that was a huge, steep curve. I had to um, sort of set aside the more <laughs> high energy classes and I ended up moving into aqua aerobics teaching in the pool 
loved it. Yeah. And I think what happened is I evolved into, a, definitely evolved into a better fitness instructor um, through it because I perhaps appealed to a different demographic as well. Mm-hmm. Also had more empathy and, and more compassion for what other people were going through rather than just, whoa, look at me, I'm fit, you know, and I've got a G-string leash <laughs> yeah, on. <laughs> so suddenly I was dealing with real people um, and real issues and mothers that can't do star jumps because things mm-hmm. happen when you're a mother. And yeah, absolutely. So it was, yeah, it was what needed to happen and bring me into the real world. It was tough. You don't always get sleep when you've got a baby and Brittany mm-hmm. just didn't sleep for the first five years of her mm-hmm. life. So um, I was often running on empty. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a tough job, um, even though it was so rewarding and really um, a super job for a new mum because there's often a crèche of childcare involved at the gym. So mm-hmm. I was lucky and I had that support. Also could work my own hours, so could work it around when Andrew was home and able to be home with the, the kids. Yeah. So you touched on the tiring. So obviously your body was tired, but mentally, how did you go then creating the classes? How did how did you approach that? I suppose if you were feeling a bit yeah. not yourself and and perhaps didn't have as much time. Yeah. Pre, I'll talk about pre my pre Les Mills days mm-hmm. because. Before I became a Les Mills instructor, all of my classes were created by me. So the music, the, the choreography, um, everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, usually knew who my audience and my class were going to be, so I could tailor it to them. So it's probably the beginning of my personal training career in some ways. Yep. And I pri- sort of prided myself on every class was layered with things we'd already visited or, mm. or practiced, but then there was a new element. Mm. So and you were building this, on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there was this continuation. There was a sense of familiarity from previous classes, but also a sense of adventure and, oh, we're going somewhere and we're, we're improving. Mm. Yeah. Well, that went out the window when no. you had a new baby because it's like, yeah. I'm going to have to use that tape again and that, that choreography because I just couldn't. Yeah. I just couldn't. I couldn't, you know find the time to think about it, let alone practice it and yeah, train exactly. for it. Yeah. Didn't have the time or the energy. So a uh, bit of treading water there for a year or so. Yeah. But most people, you know, understood that. And mm. they were in the trench with me because a lot of them were new mums as well. And through that came great friendships. Mm. Um, a lot of support around you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is so important. Yeah. Even just someone to understand who can empathise is just, mm. you know, can make the world of difference, I yeah. think. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So before you set out on your having children adventure, did you sort of think about how your fitness life would change? Or did you sort of think, like, did you have people around you maybe that role modelled how to make it work in the fitness industry? Or you just no, not at all. into it? No, not yeah. at all. Um, I was the first in my friendship group to have children. So honestly, Al, when I had Brit, I'd never changed, I'd never even seen a nappy being changed and like change one. And I rang the buzzer and asked the nurses to show me how to change the first nappy. Yeah. And I had no qualms with that because I really did not yeah. know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I said, gee whiz, that, that floors me right now. <laughs> Go Jules. <laughs> Talk about jumping in at the deep end. Uh-huh. Um, so no, I didn't consider it. I probably the the changes to my physical body would mm-hmm. have been probably my number one concern. Yep. Um, and I, you know, I feel probably a lot of us are 
you did the same thing here in that you focus on the pregnancy mm. and you don't focus so much on the actual motherhood mm-hmm. side of things and that goes for a lot longer than the pregnancy actually when you look back at it all same with weddings and marriages you know you oh. focus on the wedding and then you're oh hang on a minute i'm gonna be married to this guy for how long yeah. <laughs> and so are you uh, still here yeah <laughs> so yeah i didn't i think the physical changes to my body were what sort of engulfed me at that time mm-hmm. um and having come from a background of having a, an eating disorder when I was in my late teens yeah. and interestingly getting into fitness is what brought me out of that hole yeah right um, because I started to respect my body more so it was mm-hmm. yeah I'd sort of been through that journey and then suddenly it was all going to change again mm, um, yeah yeah so yeah that was confronting for me and that was probably my focus and then yeah <laughs> once I learned how to change a nappy and <laughs> feed the baby and I so with all three kids I went back to my work at the gym yep. um, fairly quickly I had other jobs on the side that I've had maternity leave from but I al- I've always worked in the fitness industry at some st- at, you know at any given time other than perhaps three or four weeks after giving birth <laughs> I retired when I had Liam my third and then they dragged me back <laughs> can't keep your way no uh, dear. so your children, you've just brought up Liam. Yes. Just reminded me. So your children spending a lot of time around the gym, mm. it's rubbed off on All of them. Well, yeah. All of them. Yeah. It really has. Um, it's funny because I tell the story, Liam's first full sentence was, we will, we will rock you. Um, because, <laughs> because at this stage I was teaching Les Mills classes and one of them was body pump and of course learning choreography is a big part of it, learning yeah. the music. So wherever we went in a car, sorry kids, <laughs> um, you know, the music was playing yeah. and bless him, I think he was, you know, well he was old enough to string a sentence together, <laughs> obviously, not very old. He was in his car seat in the back of the car, I'd pulled up. And I heard this, you know, right at the right time, the chorus, but I'd turned the motor off so the, yep. the music went off and there was still this little from the back behind me, we will, we will, walk you. God, that's adorable. <laughs> it really was, but that. at the same time I was like, oh my goodness, what have I done? <laughs> nah. Um, so yeah, um, and I also, my girls would play aerobics instructors and yep. step instructors yep. and they would... They'd go around to, we'd go to our friend's house and with my friend Louise, also in the industry, uh, my daughters and her daughter would be, move it on girls, <laughs> running their own little circuit classes. Oh, that's brilliant. So my creativity rubbed off on them as well. Yeah. Um, and since then, um, my oldest daughter works in, in media, but for the Melbourne Storm Rugby League Club. So... Yeah in sport you know mm. she's she's you know she's her. connected to sport um and you know goes to the gym loves loves her fitness my middle daughter tara is a school teacher and also a yoga teacher mm-hmm. um she went away to bali a few years ago and became qualified as a yoga teacher and then liam is currently works in a gym in adelaide and he's a bodybuilder so yeah he's he's gone pretty good too isn't uh, he? he's Going great guns, yeah. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, it's it's. You obviously feel very proud when you um, see them. Yeah, super proud of all my kids, and um, I feel that 
you know, dragging them along to the gym. Um, and I never once pushed it on them. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly let them eat like normal children. I wasn't, you know, pushy with their food or, you know, their their exercise in any way. I just modelled yeah. what I would yeah. hope for them to absorb and they have. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I love that. So let's chat about the fantastic word that, that we get thrown at us all the time about this mum guilt. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you feel about that, Julie? Well, I guess I touched on it a little bit a moment ago. Um, my kids did get brought up in the gym, um, but I was incredibly lucky that I could take them to work with me and that they could see me, I guess, achieving something. Mm. And being a mum is my greatest ever achievement. Let's, let's not get that wrong. Yeah. Um, I feel that mum guilt is perhaps a label or a club that we're all invited into once we become a mum and it's expected of us and it's I don't think it's it's something that's unique to any of us where we all feel it so therefore is it a thing you know it's you know yeah. tree falls in the forest does anyone hear it yeah is it a thing mm. is it something is it just a label it's i don't think it's an emotion i don't think mm. it's a um, a feeling i just think it's a thing and studies have shown that um guilt doesn't necessarily reform your future behavior right and i thought about that and I, because I knew that this was one of your your topics, and I thought, if I really, really had felt that guilty, wouldn't I have stopped doing what I was doing? Mm-hmm. Deep down, I knew that what I was doing was giving me purpose and lighting me up from within, and you know that old cliche, making me a better mother. Mm-hmm. Deep down, I know that whenever things whenever I had a right to feel guilty, whenever it really was affecting my children, I changed. Mm -hmm. I let go of it, I I moved away from it, I let it go every single time. So, and I mean, you know, to say that you've got mum guilt, everybody experiences guilt differently as well. And, And for me, the feeling of guilt is kind of like, um, looking forward to some sort of future resentment Oh, you know, I'm going to feel mm. bad one day that I missed out on that first smile or mm. that first step or whatever. Yeah. Um, a that might not happen. And B, I'm gonna I'm going to go with my yoga and meditation roots here. We can only live in the here and the now. Mm. So when I was with the kids, I tried as much as possible as possible to be with my kids. And when I wasn't with them, I tried to do the best job that I was doing with the support that I had. And I think I did. And I guess, as I said earlier, I've got the um, the luxury now of sitting here with three grown adult children, yeah. looking back going, it all turned out okay. Mm. Yeah. Maybe if you interviewed them, it might be a different <laughs> story. I don't think so. Um, no. Gosh. You know, so I think what we, wor- we, we do worry and have these feelings and challenges in the here and now. Mm. We've just got to stay in the here and now mm. and do the best we can. Do you think a lot of that comes from society's expectations or how you, you perceive yourself being judged by others? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I think it's expected that we'll feel guilty. We'll mm. have mummy guilt. You know, oh, do you miss them? And oh, you know, how do you go being away from them all day? And you know, what's it like when you get home? Do they, you know? And it's there is there's this expectation that that's how you're going to feel. So we feel it, and it's mm. like, you know, I think yeah, maybe feel it, but don't wallow in it. Just go, okay, everyone's feeling the same way mm. I am. So just do the best I can, and yep. really be with your family when you're with them. Um, and when you're not with them, know that that's part of their journey too. Mm. We're diff- we've created this beautiful, amazing human, um, and we are meeting their their needs as far as food, shelter, love. That's actually all they really need. Mm. Um, as long as you're meeting those, yeah. the guilt's really a wasted feeling. Yeah. I've said that so well to me. Oh. Did you <laughs> did you find that your that you needed to have something for yourself? Was it important for you to maintain yes. that? Your, yes. Your sense of identity as Julie? Yes. Not just Julie mum? Yes. <laughs> mum not Julie mum, not Julie wife, not Julie daughter. You know, it's interesting with the mum guilt thing. You move on into my stage of life and now I have parent guilt oh. for all the bad things I've ever said to my mum and dad, the way I judged them when they were bringing me up yeah. um, for not spending enough time with them now that, you know, um, my mum passed on in... Uh, March and mm. you know the time that I didn't spend with her or couldn't spend with her or you know um, yeah I think mm. I think we beat ourselves up too much we can only be in the moment that we're in mm. that's that's wise words so um, you've mentioned your yoga just there briefly I want to sort of bring that in um, even though you weren't necessarily practicing a lot of yoga when you had your children, um, you were doing your fitness, and you came into your yoga oh, 12, 11, 12 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you find then being a mother and this whole connection to Mother Earth and other concepts you explored in yoga that you found a really deep connection that you could understand or feel those concepts strongly because you were a mother? Everything has evolved since becoming a mother. Um, and speaking of mummy guilt, to do my yoga teacher training, I had to go. I had to go and live in Byron for a month, and mm. I had incredible support to be able to do that. Yeah. But I nearly came home after the first week. I was in tears every night. It was so hard. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't even really mummy guilt. It was I just missed them. Mm. Um, yeah. But again, the thing that kept me there was that. You know, they. I think Liam was only about ten, and the girls were a little older, sort of in high school. Um, and I could see that me being away was enriching their um, relationship with their dad, um, and seeing him as part of their their care. As not, it wasn't always just going to be me, and didn't always have to be me, yep. and their grandparents as well. So, when I came back from that, I think. All of our relationships changed a bit. Mm-hmm. We all appreciated each other a whole lot more. Yeah. When I became a mum, say in the fitness industry, I definitely had a greater awareness and appreciation for the female body and started to research more about that um, aspect, you know, the hormonal fluctuations, as mm-hmm. an example, on a woman that might be training. You know, in the gym, or you know, running, or you know, participating in sport. So that came into my personal training. That came mm-hmm. into my my um, 
field of vision or, mm. you know, suddenly yeah and then yeah. of course as you head towards menopause that's now also coming in mm-hmm. um, and then of course with yoga yeah when you become a yoga teacher you realize you really realize this connection to all beings mm. yeah. you you also realize a connection to think something that's greater than yourself and you realize you have this responsibility of passing down your wisdom and I'm, I'm gonna um, talk a bit about perhaps here the the maiden, the mother, and the crone, and the crone's a horrible word, and I'm going to get creative and come up with her, the high priestess or the, oh, wife, the yeah. goddess. Yeah, there you because go. I'm the crone, and I want to be called a crone. Thanks very much. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so the maiden is, you know, the years when, as a female, you're um, a child or adolescent, you're going through puberty, you're laying the foundation um, for your, the future, you're um, you're growing and developing physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And then you move into that creative time when you're the mother, where um, you, you're you nurturing and you're, you're providing the shelter, the food, the life-sustaining elements to either your children or your family or your pets, whatever it might be. That's your stage in life. And then you move through that um, into menopause and, and beyond and unfortunately, as in Western society, unlike perhaps, say, the ancient societies in India where yoga originated, where the, the elders are revered for their wisdom and, and their guidance, where in our society we're kind of cast aside. We're not cool. We're not Instagram worthy. Where you know, yeah, that was, you know, back in your day, that doesn't count anymore. And yep. yeah, it doesn't. You know what? I'm so glad that I had my kids when I did because I think we got it easier. Um, <laughs> but I'm in that stage now where my job, I see it, is to provide some wisdom and guidance and and... Um, a shining light mm. so that I guess that's why I came into yoga because I felt that there was no more Woo, moving on girls yeah. um, put the light through away there was so much more in me than that yeah. um, and what was the next thing so yeah yoga was that that awakening within me mm. Mm. really miss it I'm yeah like in a hiatus at the moment I'm calling it my chrysalis I'm a um I might have been I don't know perhaps I was a my, I hope I don't come out as a moth but <laughs> one of those white ones yeah. that spray yeah. the, <laughs> the cabbage one get off my, my cabbage <laughs> uh, oh, um yeah my, my studio um I had to unfortunately close because of COVID and then um um, I've developed type 1 diabetes so I you know divine timing because I would have I was really really ill um, and it would have been a real struggle mm-hmm. to run a yoga studio so I figured okay I've been almost shoved into this cocoon mm-hmm. and um, I was I was fighting that for a while but then we know what happens inside cocoons yep. amazing things so I'm just going to settle in here for a while mm-hmm. a little bit longer yet yep um, build up my strength a little more and 
don't worry, there's there's things happening, yeah. there's, there's ideas, and I'm being so creative yeah. right now, probably more creative than I've ever been. Wow. But it's just that it's all in my mind at the yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> the mind's ready and, the, and the, the body's saying, no, I haven't, your wings aren't quite ready my yet. Just not to strong wait a bit longer. That's right. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about then the creativity involved in when you, you're um, organising your yoga classes yeah. and, and the, the thought. And So I always admired... And to tell people that Julie has this beautiful big it's a double like an A4 big book and she sets it out in front of her every class mm-hmm. and when I realized what it was I used to get a bit sneaky and have a look because I always liked being up the front and I'd be like oh excellent we're doing that pose today oh goody goody <laughs> um, and it's all color-coded which it's like it's beautiful and so much thought and effort and passion goes into that so mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mind divulging some of your secrets of how, yeah, you, sure. how you come up with your classes sure in some ways, that's my favourite part, and that's the creativity. You know, I can't sit here and say that someone's got that hanging on a wall somewhere or that someone came to, you know, see my show. But I guess they did in some ways. And yeah. I, I've often joked that I'm, I'm my, if I could give myself a title, it's facilitator of change. That's what I've always yeah. helped create. Add that people, into your create bio. People, <laughs> create, create some change in people, whether it was through sit-ups and burpees or a yoga practice or meditation Mm. and my favorite part always has been when I think about it and thank you for making me think about it Alison (laughs) has been creating what I'm about to present and I guess when I think deeper about it everything I've done whether it's that aerobics class in the leotard or now my yoga it's almost a performance Mm. I, I that I've planned and choreographed and researched and scripted. Yep. Um, you know, back in my aerobics days or the Les Mills days, you're spending an hour on stage smiling, you're pretending mm. something doesn't hurt when it's killing you mm. inside and doing a good job of it yeah. and stringing people along for the That's ride it. with you. And, so, and no matter what happened that morning, if the kids were run, like wouldn't eat their breakfast or you throw them in the car or the car broke down whatever mm. you, it literally is it's a performance you put it on is. your happy face and it off is. you go and yeah. pretty much everyone in the class was creating that same sense as well in that you know yeah. their kids might have been the ones that wouldn't eat their breakfast yeah. but that's okay because right now they're in the kids club and I'm here having an hour to myself yeah, absolutely. so um, yeah so and then yeah with my, my yoga book um, if you want to call it that <laughs> yeah. the volume of, of, of my, my lesson plans um, I'll go with a theme and I, I attach my theme to whatever's happening in nature. Um, I'm very much connected to the natural world. Um, love, love the ocean, love the moon, love the sun, love the seasons, love a forest, love a mountain. Um, so I'll work out what's going on maybe astronomically or with the moon cycle or with the season, you know, maybe an equinox or a, um, a solstice or... A, whatever is going on or maybe it's a current world event I remember I had to teach a body balance class on the day that we all woke up to Mm. 9-11 this class I've never taken but people still turned up for it because they needed something and that's what tells me that spirituality is so Mm. such an integral part of us all Um, so yeah that's that's where I start and then sometimes the colors are a code sometimes they're just pretty colors <laughs> to be honest I'm <laughs> um, just changing textures over but sometimes they are a code whether I might be working with chakras or um, with a, a season or or just my favorite colors yep um, so 
yeah, from that that foundation of where I'm coming from, I'll then research. Okay, what you know, I know I know the basic structure of a yoga class, having learnt the very basics and fundamentals through my yoga teacher training. Um, so I'll research. Okay, what physically do we need in our bodies to perhaps deal with this time or um, settle any negative things that might arise from say a full moon or or enhance things you know that we might want to bring to the surface <laughs> and deal with or shine a light on um, and then from there you know working out okay how does one pose fit with another am I um, is there is it a balanced class physically um, what am I then you know what am I going to say how am yeah. I going to present this Beginnings, middles, endings, yep. you know, is there a meditation that could go with this? Is there breath work? What breath work can go with this? Each, all of my classes will have those elements. It's not just, mm -hmm. woo, move it on, girls. Yeah. It, you know, it's definitely this, you know, it's the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, yoga should always be breathing, movement, mindfulness. When I owned my own studio, I had the luxury of being able to look at who was booked into that class mm -hmm. and then maybe working out any modifications I might need to offer um, for people or, um, yeah, perhaps just, again, tailoring it a little to whoever I, I knew was going to be in the class. Mm. Mm. Did you ever find that your how you were feeling came out in it? Oh, like yeah. if you feel like you needed oh, this, yeah. you would... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, so many times, and I know I've said it to yoga teachers when I've been to their class, people will say, oh, how did you know that was exactly what I needed? Yeah. I know you've said I've it said to it me. so many times. Yeah. yeah. It's because, you know, we're, we're all, all connected we're all together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, often I, I would have, I've probably admitted in class many a times that this ain't for me, this is for you, this is for me too. Yeah. Like, you know, I know you yeah. don't want to do this pose, but I do. <laughs> Um, or I need this, and so do you. You know, yeah. um, you know, it's tongue in cheek, but yeah, we, yeah. we, you know, if I'm feeling the effect of, um, let's say, the autumn equinox, where we're about to shift into winter, where you know, letting go of those warm, balmy days, and mm. you know, the the joy of summer, and and from someone like me, it's like no, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're you know. Physically, we're shifting, it's getting colder, we're feeling, we're starting to eat stodgier foods mm. and it's just like, oh, here we go again. And, you know, we're all feeling the same. So no matter, mm. you know, what I present, whether I think it's, you know, for me or them, it's for all of us, really. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and I just want to touch on your your name of your yoga studio, One mm. Lifestyle. One yoga. yoga and Lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. That is important to you to embody that it's not mm. just the poses, the shapes you make, it's... And you take it away from the mat and put it into your life, integrate it into your life. Mm. That's something you're passionate about. Oh, so much so. I mean, I think because I came, because of that journey I've just spoken about, I came from, whoo, look at me, I'm fit, to, yeah. hey, sit down, be humble. Mm. You know, um, yeah. there's more to it than running around like a crazy person. And you realise, you do realise that when you've, once you've had children, that's for sure. Yeah. There's more people in the world than just you, um, and everything you do has an effect on other beings. Um, and if we want to focus on the lifestyle part of it, so one yoga and lifestyle, mm -hmm. I 
wanted to include the word lifestyle because yoga is a lifestyle it's you know it's not people think oh it's a religion it's a cult it's just it's a form of exercise it's none of those things it's mm-hmm. a lifestyle uh, it was you know founded thousands of years ago and it's still around so it's not a fad it's mm-hmm. not it, it, it's still very relevant more and more so and what we do on the mat the lessons we learn about our physical body to start with and then as we evolve about mental spiritual emotional bodies we can take into our everyday life and it really is as as a yoga practitioner it's important that we do that because then we make the world a better place and that mm. just sounds so Walt Disney but honestly that's what it's all about yeah. it's it's about being the best person we can so that everybody around us mm. and if you get gets it. if you get that many people trying to be the best and do the, the best nicest things you know imagine it, the the i don't know what the word is the, the ripple effect. Effect. yeah the yeah. ripple effect yeah yeah it's really important to me that people come to yoga uh, it's there there's a, that's a whole sentence it's mm-hmm. important that people come to yoga full stop yeah yeah <laughs> And when they do consistently, they will realise exactly what I've just said. That they might come for the stretch. They might come because they're tight. They might come because they can't sleep. They might come because they've got a pain in their back. And if they keep coming, they'll eventually look back and go, well, I'm coming for a whole different reason now. Mm. I'm coming for that story about Goddess Kali. Mm. I'm, I'm coming because I need to slow down and breathe deeper. I'm coming because my mind is so full, I need to just be still silent mm. and like you said the people that came to that body balance class on that night of 9-11 like just needing comfort I suppose mm. and, and community and connection in a really positive way yeah yeah and they probably yeah. need to needed to do it in a space that felt safe a yoga mm. class always feels safe mm. yeah. and they needed yeah they they needed perhaps that mothering mm. yeah. yeah absolutely you'd like to share Julie that's important to you that we might not have mentioned yeah I think um, apart from like my work if you want to call it that I've never felt like I've worked I've been so blessed with, <laughs> with it all over the years and had great support so that I could always do what I've always done mm-hmm. and looking back I'd like to think I'm a good example of um, a mum that knew what was best for her knew what was best for her kids and let go of any guilt and, mm. or expectation and just did it, did it when, when it felt right yeah. um, and that it can all turn out well in the end. Mm. Um, moving away from that though, the way other ways that we can be creative because, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure on us now and, you know, because of social media as well, we're, we're always expected to achieve, you know, mm-hmm. and to show what we've been doing with our time. Heaven forbid that we might just sit around and not do anything. Yeah. And, you know, the only thing we did today might have been mop the floor. Well, that's not good enough, mm-hmm. you know. Well, if you, didn't, fact, if you didn't post it on Instagram, it, it didn't, didn't really happen. happen. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, I sort of, again, you've, this coming on this podcast has been great for me because you made me reflect back on how did it change when I did become a mother and I was at home more and, I just I got into baking and cooking and the yeah. kids would do that with me and and um, craft I was big on craft I was in craft groups and I was yeah. like 
um, you know, I was managing a big craft group at one stage. Oh, really? and I didn't get any craft done because, <laughs> as usual, it was like I was never as fit as I could be because I was at the front, like, yelling at everybody. Well, there I was not getting any craft done because I was organising craft for everybody. But it was it was great. I was creating a craft group. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, I, I've i got quilts. And, like, yeah. honestly, if there had been Instagram back then, every oh, day yeah. my house would have had different decor because I had I just was rotating the rooms all the time. Yeah. I just loved being at home and doing that. So, you know, if that's if that's how you're being creative, mm. that's how you're being creative. And, yeah. you know, I think we're all creative. Oh, I totally and, agree. You know, we've, we've all got art and music and performance inside of us mm. and... Yep. You've, you've really got to acknowledge that no matter how grand it is or how, you know, mm. mop the floor and sing the song. And yeah. there you go. Have a, have a dance. Sing along with you and you created something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I did want to ask too, how is it different now, um, your creativity and obviously the the ways you can do it and how you do it? You don't have any kids living at home now. So mm. that must be a different sort of vibe of feel at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, also because I'm not, um, regularly teaching at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sort of doing a few pop-up classes here and there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, everything really has changed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now if I've got a, pl- a class to plan, I oh, I'm so not organised. <laughs> I procrastinate. I leave to the last minute because you know you've got so much. Don't, time. I don't have to be. And quite often, what will happen is like Tara being a school teacher, she'll come home for the holidays to say something like, oh. Hell, I haven't planned my classes. I've been caught out with my pants down. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you tend to get a little bit lapsadaisical, I think. Um, yeah, I think you're at your peak of organisational powers when you have kids at home. Um, and, yeah. yeah, also, you know, like little things, like if I'm trying to make a new playlist or something, I have, I've had to learn how to do it all on my own. Now I can't just get the kids to help me. You ring them up. How yeah. do I make this Spotify playlist? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so it's definitely changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're very, very lucky today on the podcast. Julie's going to lead us through a meditation. It's one of my favourites. Well, actually, is my complete favourite. So over to you, Julie. Thanks, Al. Today's meditation is Metta Karuna. And this literally means a loving kindness meditation. So we'll begin by finding a comfortable position. And this is whatever's comfortable for you. So you can be seated, you can lie down. I recommend that you make yourself warm. So um, find perhaps something to place over your lap. Make sure you've got socks on or some long sleeves. And as you find yourself comfortable, close down your eyes. Remembering that in meditation, all we really need to do is just to be present, to just stay alert and aware. So just listening to my voice, being in the here and now. The Metta Karuna meditation I'm doing today begins with showing love, kindness and compassion to the self. 
So as is the Buddhist tradition, we will send our love, our kindness, our compassion to ourself first. So I'm going to recite a small mantra and all you need to do is listen and then repeat the words silently to yourself. Lying as you are, visualize yourself smiling, happy, peaceful and free. And as you visualize yourself smiling, say to yourself, may I be happy, may I be peaceful, may I be free of all suffering. And next we will visualize before us somebody that we love unconditionally and who loves us in return. This can be the first person you think of because I'm sure there are many people and fairy people, perhaps pets that you love. So just the first person or pet that comes to mind, visualize them before you smiling back at you. and send your loving thoughts to this person. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be free of all suffering. And now we'll bring to mind somebody neutral, somebody that you know, an acquaintance, but somebody that you don't have any strong feelings towards. So this might be somebody that serves you in a shop, might be somebody that you see on television, it might be a sporting hero, somebody that you don't really know, but you, you see them often and you have neutral feelings for them. Visualize this person, smiling, happy, and send this person your love and your kindness and your compassion. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be free of all suffering. now for a challenge. We visualize somebody who challenges us. It might be somebody who you've had a disagreement with. It might be somebody that just rubs you up the wrong way, pushes your buttons. If this is too painful for you, that's okay. Perhaps just return to visualizing yourself and sending yourself the love and the kindness and the compassion. But if you can, visualizing this person who challenges you and see them happy and relaxed and smiling and smile at them in return and send them your metta karuna. May you be happy. 
peaceful. May you be free of all suffering. And finally, as vast as it is, visualize the whole world, all beings, the entire universe before you. All beings deserve to be happy and peaceful and free. So visualizing all beings, we send out our Meta Karina. May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be free. closed, just becoming aware of your surroundings again. If you're lying on the floor, just roll over to your right side body and curl up there for a moment. And then taking your time whenever you're ready, use your hands to press yourself back up and take a seat so that we're all seated. Just pause for a moment, eyes remaining closed, and just noticing the effects of our meditation. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be free of all suffering. Thank you so much for coming in, Julie. It's been an absolute pleasure and sharing your thoughts and experiences with us. Thanks, Alison. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.